anything happens, we're ready to go. Wildfire worries. 500 fires burning around BC. Thousands of people getting ready to leave their homes while hoping Mother Nature cooperates. Prime Minister Paul Down. The city of Victoria removes a statue of Sir John A. Macdonald. It's a f***ing Alaska Airlines Q400. What the f*** is he doing over here? And stolen airplane. The FBI now investigating how one man was able to take a plane and fly it around Puget Sound for an hour before crashing. Good evening. Thank you very much for joining us. We start with some breaking news. Police and family have now identified the victim of yesterday morning's road rage shooting in East Vancouver. This was just after 1.30. Emergency crews were responding to a 911 call about a man that had been shot near Bridgeway Street just west of the Ironworkers Bridge. Now, the man has now been identified as 33-year-old Willis Hunt. He died on scene. A 32-year-old woman who was with him was treated for minor injuries. Police now looking for the driver of a white sedan who officers say shot Hunt following an apparent road rage incident near the McGill and Renfrew intersection. Now, if you saw anything at all, or if you have dash cam video from around that time, please do call Vancouver Police. Let's turn now to the wildfire situation. Around BC, 500 fires are now burning and it is really stretching firefighting resources. A large part of Quenelle is now under an evacuation alert and thousands of people are being told to be ready to leave at a moment's notice. Nadia Stewart reports. Preparations are underway in the city of Quenelle. Wildfire alert, so if anything happens, we're ready to go. The threat of wildfires raging not far from the northern BC town as people stocking up. We've been uh, going through the water like crazy and water and uh, bug sprays and all sorts of stuff, snacks, kind of foods that people can take and camp out with if, if they need to. As thousands are now under evacuation alert, threatened by the 3,100 hectare Narcosley wildfire burning southwest of the city. Taking a cue from last year, people are not taking any chances. The folks I've been talking to, they're getting their personal documents ready, they're getting their critical papers, and making sure the base preparations are done, that if we do have to go to an order, they're not scrambling to put all of that together, fuel up and f get some food, get some water and get out of town. Quinnell is among the many B.C. communities dealing with smoke and the threat of fire. Hundreds of properties and 5,500 people are under an evacuation alert or order. But with 500 active fires, resources are spread thin. We are continuously bringing in uh, additional resources from out of province. Uh, we're fully engaging the, the forest industry here in B.C. for, for contract resources as well. Uh, so we've already got uh, hundreds of folks who have already streamed in, both from elsewhere in Canada and internationally. We've got in store for us right now, but of course, we're not seeing a whole lot of relief in terms of the weather uh, over the next few weeks. The province says a major reallocation of resources is in the works to send more crews up north. The Canadian International Fire Centre is also sending BC more resources, as all six of the province's fire centres once again have their hands full, fighting relentless fires. Nadia Stork, Global News. Well, some good news in the battle against the Gottfriedson mountain fire. That has been aggressively burning in the mountains, about 24 kilometres west of Kelowna. 
The blaze is estimated to be at 550 hectares, but it spread more slowly than expected yesterday. Then last night, the wind shifted, the fire then burning back on itself. Officials say crews and heavy equipment have made good progress containing the, the west flank of this fire, which is threatening a number of lakeside recreational properties. The Blazed Creek fire has forced the closure of Highway 3. This is near Kootenay Pass. That 500-hectare fire has been burning since Tuesday. If you're heading that way, the detour is long. It's via Highway 6 to Nelson, then up and across the Kootenay Lake Ferry to Creston. At this point, there's no estimate on when the road is going to be open again. Fire also forcing the closure of Highway 7 through the eastern Fraser Valley. The road is fully closed at Seabird Bluffs. This is near Agassiz uh, due to the High Creek wildfire. That fire now covers an estimated 100 hectares. It is burning in steep terrain right above the road. Drivers are being told to use Highway 1 or Highway 9 as a detour. We are expecting an update on that situation at any moment. We'll bring that to you when that happens. Across the Okanagan, all eyes are on the skies with the potential for some wild weather in the forecast. Wind, thunder and lightning could create the perfect storm for more wildfires in the Okanagan. A severe thunderstorm warning is in effect for the Okanagan connector. This, this is from uh, Kelowna to Merritt. A cluster of thunderstorms capable of strong winds, heavy rain and even dime-sized hail is tracking just northeast of Princeton. There have been dozens of lightning strikes across the region so far today, while parts of the Okanagan are still under a special air quality statement because of all of that smoke from the wildfires. At the same time, a West Kelowna veterinary hospital is promoting a way to keep your animals a little bit safer in the event of a fire. Rose Valley Veterinary Hospital is handing out Save Our Pet stickers. Now, pet owners can fill out information about their pets. They then stick it to the door of their home along with their contact information. That way, in case of a wildfire evacuation or other emergency, it can be a lot easier to uh, reunite pets with their owners these stickers being handed out for free. I thought about myself, like if I'm not at home, who knows what I have. So and then we came up with this idea that uh, to try to help. So we designed it our own. We try to to look for uh, things that it's necessary for just the first respondent. And um, we came up with this with this uh, tiny thing that I think it's important and it's uh, it's helpful. Victoria has become the first city in Canada to remove a statue of the country's first prime minister. The move part of the city's efforts at reconciliation with First Nations. But as Kristen Robinson reports, the statue of Sir John A. Macdonald will now be put in storage, its future uncertain. Amid the jeers and cheers of dueling protests, Canada's first Prime Minister is slowly removed. The severing of the more than 600 kilogram statue that's been hanging over Victoria City Hall for 36 years, opposed by a few wrapped in Canadian flags. It's a piece of metal, it doesn't matter. But applauded by First Nations. Basically, they're coming from ignorance. So, you know, like wanting to save the statue and have it here is very shameful. 
Victoria Council voting 8-1 to remove the sculpture, with the city's mayor citing Sir John A. Macdonald as a key architect of the residential school system. This is not about erasing history at all. It's actually amplifying history. It's the opposite of erasing history. We're having a conversation on the streets of Victoria and across the country about the history of Canada. I don't want my sculpture to be offensive. I think it's a very good work of art. Artist John Dan, who created the bronze sculpture in 1981, wishes he was a part of that conversation. If we're going to find that sculpture offensive, then we have to find every sculpture of every prime minister in Canada offensive because the residential schools lasted for over 100 years. Are we going to take down every sculpture of every prime minister in Canada? I don't think so. Twenty-four percent of 1,500-plus votes in a global B.C. Twitter poll agreed it was time for the statue to come down, while 76 percent opposed the capital city's move as Sir John A. Macdonald is a part of history. It means a lot to me to have it uh, taken down. This residential school survivor hoping the statue will end up in a museum where people can learn the living history of why it was removed. The statue's final leg on a flatbed truck into storage, its fate yet to be determined. But Doug Ford's new Ontario government has written Victoria's mayor saying it would be glad to bring Sir John A. back home. Kristen Robinson, Global News. One man is dead following a late night motorcycle crash in Chilliwack. The accident happened just after 11 last night on Yale Road West. This is just off Highway 1. The motorcycle crashed into a streetlight post, knocking it down. The driver was pronounced dead on the scene. The road was closed for several hours as crash investigators did their work. A Vancouver bus driver has been charged nearly a year after a deadly tour bus crash in downtown Vancouver. Police say charges of driving a motor vehicle on a highway without due care and attention have now been laid against 63-year-old Patrick Campbell with the Vancouver Trolley Company. On August of 13th last year, the charter bus jumped a curb and hit three tourists who were standing nearby. A 49-year-old died, two people, a 15-year-old and an elderly man were sent to hospital. They survived. Police said they were all part of the same family and were visiting from Massachusetts. Concerns are growing over the health of a popular Fraser Valley lake. Now, late last month, after a number of swimmers got ill, Hatstick Lake was closed to swimming. But now a growing number of fish, including at least two endangered sturgeon, are washing up dead in the lake. Jill Bennett reports. You can't really swim in here at all. Um, it, it's just not... It's become almost unusable. Hatsett Lake should be filled with people swimming and enjoying summer. Instead, it's filled with milfoil, and residents wonder if that's causing some major problems. No, we've never seen a floating sturgeon fish ever uh, until this year, for sure. But in the past few days, at least two sturgeon have been found dead in the lake, the latest on Wednesday. It was cut open by government officials as part of an investigation into why so many other fish are dying as well. The Fraser Health Authority has also posted signs warning people not to swim in Hatsick Lake. Some of the, the children went swimming and they got their, their eyes were burning a little bit. Never happened before. Hatsick Lake is on the north side of the Fraser River and shares a boundary with Mission. The level of the lake is controlled by gates and pumps. When the river goes down after the runoff, residents say the lake goes down to almost empty. And they wonder if that too is part of the problem. In a month from now, you know, that's all going to be mud. 
and I, you know, I have to explain to my kids, I'm sorry, you can't go fishing anymore. The Fraser Valley Regional District says several agencies, including the DFO and the Environment Ministry, have been on the lake in the past two weeks, trying to figure out if high water temperatures, pollution, and low oxygen because of elevated plant life are to blame. So far, there are no answers. It'd be really nice for us to get either representative or for you know, Fraser Valley or for the mission or for the district to be able to say, okay, we're going to take this on and investigate it. In the meantime, people are being advised to stay out of the water until further notice. Jill Bennett, Global News. Conservation officers had to make an unexpected visit to a Coquitlam mall to remove a trapped bear from the parkade. The young black bear, who had been wandering the area for several hours, got itself trapped in the underground parkade of Henderson Place Shopping Centre. Now, the bear had been wandering around the parkade for a while, even climbing the security grating before conservation officers were able to tranquilize it. The bear was removed from the area, much to the relief of shoppers. And this guy is now on display at Coquitlam City Hall. Officials hoping the preserved black bear will bring home the message that a fed bear is a dead bear. This 600-pound bear was living off garbage in a residential neighborhood when it was struck by a car and euthanized two years ago. One of 15 bears destroyed in the city in 2016. So far this year, nine bears have been put down. Coquitlam is increasing enforcement of its bear smart bylaws, issuing more than 2,100 warnings and nearly $100-$500 tickets. So Coquitlam residents are definitely doing the right thing. Unfortunately, what we see is uh, even one resident in a neighbourhood doing the wrong thing, leaving garbage out, is enough to bring those bears into the neighbourhood and cause that conflict. So we're really just trying to encourage people to be good neighbours, to educate uh, other people in their neighbourhood. In other news, they are back with a splash. So is this thing safe? Sure is. After a more than two-decade hiatus, bathtub races are returning to Vancouver waters this weekend. At least 30 tubbers racing at Kitts Beach this afternoon. It's all part of the 10th annual Kitts Fest. For almost 30 years, bathtubs raced between Nanaimo and Vancouver. This year's tubs are competing in English Bay over a 10-lap, 1.5-kilometre course. I'm a little nervous, but uh, I'm, I'm pumped for it. Yeah. It's going to be a blast. Pretty great to get it back here after 22 years. Exactly. Bring it back to Kits Fest. Oh yeah, this is amazing to have this back. I think it's you know it's bringing back some of the important things that shaped Vancouver in the years past, and and something to build off of going forward. How you feeling, buddy? Good. Awesome. How was it out there? Yeah, it was really good. Really good. Good to ring the, be the first one to ring the bell oh, after 22 oh, years. Yes. Awesome. Welcome back. Just getting some breaking news right now, and we're hearing there's been a crash at the Abbotsford Air Show. Nitu Garcha joins us from the newsroom with uh, some details on what we're hearing so far. Nitu. That's right, Sonia. We are hearing multiple reports of a plane crash at the Abbotsford Airport just after 5.30, about an hour after the air show flight displays had ended. Now, multiple fire crews and paramedics are responding. We're hearing one person was trapped in the wreckage but has now been freed. As many as five people have been injured, at least one of those seriously, as air ambulance is also on scene. It appears the aircraft involved is a vintage plane. We have a crew en route and we'll bring you more details as we get them. Sonia. 
Sonia. All right, Nitu, thank you very much uh, for all of those details so far. In other news tonight, the FBI is trying to determine how a Horizon Air employee stole a plane from the tarmac at SeaTac Airport last night. Now, the man took the aircraft on a joyride, sharing a disturbing exchange with air traffic controllers before crashing into an island in Puget Sound. Just did a loop-de-loop. Friday night in the skies above Seattle, a sight that stopped people in their tracks. That is not a drone. That is a real plane. A Horizon Airlines turboprop airplane flying aimlessly over the region, performing stunts flanked by two military fighter jets. It's a f***ing Alaska Airlines Q400. What the f*** is he doing over here? Authorities say 29-year-old airline ground service agent Richard Russell stole the empty 76-seat plane, somehow got it into the air and flew it around for more than an hour. Air traffic controllers trying in vain throughout the flight to convince him to land. He's just flying around and uh, he just needs some help controlling his aircraft. Nah, I mean, I don't need that much help. I played some video games before. At times, the apparently suicidal man joked with air traffic controllers. Hey, you think about landing this successfully, uh, allowed to go get me a job as a pilot? And at other times, Russell was reflective, seeming to regret what he had done. I got a lot of people that care about me. And uh, it's going to disappoint them to hear that I did this. As fighter jets tried to steer the unlikely pilot away from the city, he crashed the plane into a small island in Puget Sound. Fire and smoke visible for miles around. Investigators don't believe anyone on the ground was hurt. They say Russell worked for the airline for about three years. The FBI is looking for clues to see if there were any signs he was planning to do this and to figure out what steps can be taken to prevent other airline workers from doing the same thing. Chris Pallone, NBC News. All four victims of Friday's shooting in Fredericton, New Brunswick, have now been identified. Investigators now trying to piece together a timeline of what happened as they try and search for a motive of the deadly attack. Ross Lord reports. We're learning more about what happened and about the five people at the center of this tragedy. In addition to Constables Rob Costello and Sarah Burns of the Fredericton City Police, the civilian victims are Donnie Robichaud, a local musician, and Bobby Lee Wright, whose Facebook page says had recently entered a relationship with Robichaud. It's a tragic loss uh, to wake up this morning to find out that one of your good friends is gone. And um, the music community around here is a very strong, tight-knit group. Everybody knows everybody. And uh, this is going to be something for us. It's going to take our time as musicians to deal with. Fredericton is a city that in many ways feels like a town. And many of those leaving expressions of support at this makeshift memorial know the victims. It's hard. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. As this outpouring of sympathy grows, police are building their case against the accused. 48-year-old Matthew Vincent Raymond. We can confirm that it was a long gun that was used. Uh, the shooter was in an elevated position. Police say Raymond shot and killed officers Costello and Burns as they arrived to investigate a report of shots fired. Shots that allegedly killed Robichaux and Wright. Police say Raymond is in serious but stable condition in hospital. He's scheduled to appear in court on August 27th to begin answering to those charges. Four counts of first degree murder. Ross Lohr, Global News. Fredericton, New Brunswick. 
U.S. President Donald Trump is calling for unity and is condemning racism a year after the deadly Charlottesville protest. Trump's tweet coming as anti-racist groups gathered in the Virginia city to commemorate Heather Hare. You might remember Heather was run down and killed during demonstrations a year ago. The organizers of last year's rally are now planning to hold a white civil rights uh, rally tomorrow in Washington, D.C. A local state of emergency has already been declared. Facing criminal charges for insider trading, one of Donald Trump's early supporters is no longer campaigning for re-election. Republican New York Congressman Chris Collins was arrested on Wednesday on charges that he used inside information about a biotechnology company to make illicit stock trades. Now, he has vowed to fight the charges, but this morning he announced he was suspending his campaign, saying it's in the best interests of his constituents, President Trump and the Republican Party. A president-setting court case in California is being seen as a huge blow to one of the world's largest and most controversial chemical companies. Dwayne Johnson, a former school groundskeeper, sued Monsanto, claiming the company's weed killer was the cause of his terminal cancer. He says gusty winds blew the solution into his face. Yesterday, he won his case and was awarded 200 $89 million. Maybe with the money that he gets from this case, there is state-of-the-art uh, medicine out there that is, some of it is experimental, but some of it is very helpful, but it's all very expensive, and it's, um, he may be able to afford that now, and he may be able to extend his life. All right, weather-wise, it's obviously been a lot cooler, so let's just get a little tease of what's ahead with Yvonne, who is not in the studio today. I believe, Yvonne, you're at the Blues Festival in Burnaby. Yes, we're just at Deer Lake, Sonia. It's a beautiful venue. Nikki Lane just wrapped up on the main stage here. At 8.30, the headliner is going to be Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweat. So things are still continuing throughout the evening hours. This is a beautiful venue, and I'll have more on it in just a moment. Well, what a difference a day makes. We do have some cloud cover today. It's been much more cooler. For many areas across the province, though, we still have some active weather, and that's really pushing in towards the southern interior with a severe thunderstorm watch that is in effect. So coming up, I'll show you which areas how long it will last. On Sunday, we are going to be tracking a change on the way and warmer temperatures are going to be making a return. So we'll have the timing of that coming up very shortly. But it's a beautiful evening here in Burnaby when we're down at Deer Lake. Back to you, Sonia. It's not going to rain then the next couple of hours, is it? Or is it going to be okay? There is a slight chance that we are looking at showers and the risk of thunderstorms. So I'll have more on, more on that coming up. All right. Thank you very much, Yvonne, at the Blues Festival in Burnaby for us tonight. Welcome back. Well, they say they're not going anywhere. The anti-pipeline protesters at Camp Cloud on Burnaby Mountain have been slapped with a court injunction, ordering them out. Also citing the fire danger, they've been told their sacred flame has to be extinguished. Tanya Beja reports. They're under order to dismantle, but occupants of Camp Cloud are in no rush to remove their makeshift homes and structures. The province perpetuating its false jurisdiction on, on our unceded territories is, is, a, is a farce. The provincial laws don't really mean anything to, to us. 
On Friday, a B.C. Supreme Court judge granted the city of Burnaby an injunction forcing protesters to take down their camp outside Kinder Morgan's terminal. But Burnaby's director of corporate services got a hostile response when delivering the court order. We tried to come up to a peaceful resolution and unfortunately we're not there. Along with the cabin and outdoor shower, the city says it is also concerned about the camp's sacred fire, which burns day and night. Occupants have until Sunday evening to dismantle the camp. We are hoping that they comply with the order. If they don't comply with the order, um, we will be looking at our options for enforcing the order. Experts say although the structures may disappear, the protest will carry on in other ways. They're not just going to stick to one thing and, and keep doing it. They're, they're going to uh, you know, come up with some novel things and, uh, and try and keep uh, the public's attention on this issue. This is unceded land. That's it. We're here to protect the water. The city won't give a timeline for its enforcement, saying only it's coordinating with the RCMP. Tanya Beja, Global News. Now, some people think their best ideas come up only after they've knocked back a few drinks. But for one Canadian inventor, it took the morning pain from a big night out for the light bulb to actually come on. Brittany Greenslade now has more on what's been touted as a cure for hangovers. Uh, what happened last night? What starts as a fun night can often turn into a terrible morning. For some, it's a sign of a good night out. Guys seem to think that if they go out and party hardy, you should suffer from a hangover. But for others, it's where the search for a fix begins. At the time, I was living in Spain and I was drinking more often than I probably should have been. And I was trying to look for ways to mitigate the negative effects of alcohol on my system. Alex Markhart was on the hunt for a natural cure for the hangover haze. I started to divide and conquer these ingredients by experimenting on myself and on my friends to try to understand what is the actual in magic ingredient. He narrowed it down to just one, milk thistle, and brought the idea to his dad, a nutritional biochemist. Milk thistle is a compound that has anti-inflammatory, uh, it also prevents oxidative reactions, and it prevents the hangover effects, headache effects. Clearhead was developed at the University of Manitoba and has a Health Canada stamp of approval. But the key to making it work is in the pre-planning. You need to take it before you start drinking and before bed. If you use it properly, it will work. If you go out and challenge it and find yourself face down on the barroom floor, you're going to hurt. And if you're planning a night like this, yeah. the company admits nothing is going to help with a hangover like that. Brittany Greenslade, Global News. In other news tonight, a Wisconsin woman's death has been linked to a deadly infection she contracted from dog saliva. The family of the woman who died in June says it started with a nip from her small dog. Sharon Larson developed flu-like symptoms and died two days later. Doctors said she had tested positive for a bacteria that dogs or cats can spread to humans through close contacts such as a bite or a lick. While such an illness is extremely rare, this is the second such case in the US this month.
All right, you'll definitely have felt a change in temperatures, so let's get the full details of what's ahead. Yvonne is in Burnaby at the Blues Festival, enjoying a bit of music and a lot of crowds there as well today, Yvonne. Yeah, there's a great crowd here. We're just uh, at Deer Lake. It is a beautiful venue if you haven't been down here before. And Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats will be taking the stage at 8.30. We'll have more in just a moment, but it is significantly cooler today. We've got an increase in cloud cover. We can see that on our tower cam shot, and we'll see a similar weather picture for the morning hours tomorrow but first off we're 20 degrees a southwesterly wind at 13 kilometers per hour our high today was only up to 21 degrees what a difference in comparison to the record-breaking heat that we saw yesterday for many areas average for this time of the year sits at 22 and a record of 29 degrees was set back in 1990 highs today for the interior still climbing up to the 30s with Kamloops up to 30 today trail soaring at 34 degrees and it was hot for Cranbrook today with highs of 36 degrees we've got lots of instability still with this low that's tracking across the province. That's what's brought us the cooler temperatures and a chance for showers will still continue for this evening, overnight and for our Sunday morning across the south coast and then it'll clear by the afternoon. Following areas in yellow though, we do have a severe thunderstorm watch that is in effect and we've got a sail that's just rolling its way in. We can see it right into Revelstoke. The concern will be heavy downpours, very windy conditions and we could see large size hail. This will continue for the early evening hours and then dissipate. Tomorrow, though, we're still seeing some instability, mostly for the southern interior. A chance of showers will continue for the afternoon, and then it'll start to clear out. But it'll be by the evening for the interior sections and most areas by the late afternoon across the south coast in Metro Vancouver. Be prepared, though. Monday onwards, we'll start to see that increase in heat once again. Our ridge is going to start to rebuild, and on Wednesday, we'll be back into the low 30s for most areas, with the potential of seeing 34 degrees. For the piece, we're up to 21 degrees, 26 for Monday, Tuesday, still seeing widespread smoke. White horse underneath a mainly cloudy sky at 21. Coastal sections tomorrow up to 19 degrees with a partly cloudy sky. Most areas along the Caribou and Central Interior, the concern tomorrow, a chance for showers, gusty winds at times, potentially up to 50 kilometers per hour. Columbia and Kootenai region, instability, especially for the Kootenai tomorrow with the risk of a thunderstorm up to 23. The Thompson Okanagan will see showers for the morning hours, but clearing by the evening. Tuesday, it starts to warm up once again with the high 28. Whistler seeing a range in temperatures between 22. Pemberton will be at 26 tomorrow. Still a chance for showers, cloud cover for the morning hours, and then clearing for the afternoon. Similar across the island in most areas across the south coast. Metro Vancouver, we've got another blip in the forecast for tomorrow. It's going to be significantly cooler. Monday onwards, it does start to rebound very quickly. And on our Wednesday, we could see areas away from the water up to 29 degrees. All right, we're down here at the Burnaby Blues and Roots Festival. I'm joined by Jared Bowles, excuse me. A beautiful venue, a great crowd. Tell us a little bit more about this evening. Oh, it's just, it's the 19th annual Burnaby Blues and Roots Festival. We've been going strong since 2000. We're extremely happy for the first time ever. Sold out show. You can't get another person in Deer Lake Park, so it's just going to be a fantastic evening for everybody. Great. Things are going to kick off. We've got a little bit of a lull in the action now, but they're going to kick off once again. What else is happening on the stage? We still have Rural, uh, rural Alberta Advantage coming from, from uh, Alberta. And Nathaniel Rateliff on at 8:30. He's who is it? Who's he, he? Is who everybody's here to see? 
he was our big seller, so we can't wait to have him on stage. All right, this is a beautiful venue. Uh, Burnaby is my hometown. I grew up around Deer Lake in this area. If you weren't able to catch this festival tonight, what other concerts are happening over the next little while? September's a very busy month for us. Three concerts coming up. Early mm -hmm. September, Portugal the Man. Uh, Mid-September, Miss Lauren Hill. And then we end with Ben Howard at the end of September. So if you haven't been Lauren. to a concert in Deer Lake Park, it's a beautiful venue here. Come on out and check it out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And once again, uh, things are going to kick off again on the stage within the next little while. And if you want to check it out, uh, just check into the Burnaby website or LiveNation.com if you want to get tickets for future events. Sonia? All right. Did he just say Lauren Hill? think I just heard Yes, that. Lauren Hill, I was thinking the same thing I too. Know. Amazing, in Burnaby. Thank We're getting you tickets. We're coming. Definitely. We're coming. Yes. I'm ready with my blanket and my chair for sure. All right, Yvonne, thank you very much for that. All right, Barry's here with all your sports now. Lots of stuff going on today. Mm -hmm. Usually we start with the pros, but yes. we're going to start with the kids today because we love baseball. It's a great time of year. Yeah. All right, thanks, Sonia. For the 13th time in the last 14 years, a BC team will represent Canada, the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. The Wally Little Leaguers were the class of the field this week in Quebec as they rolled through unbeaten to win the championship. And they were especially dominant today in the final against Glace Bay, Nova Scotia. Wally skipper Mike Marino's got a pretty solid team in the bottom of the second. one nothing Wally when Nate Kalina with the bases loaded serves one to right that drops. Two runs come in to score. 3 nothing BC. And then later in the second... Dio Gama pulls one inside the bag at third. Two more runs come into count. Gama hustling all the way, slides into third with a triple, and it's 5 nothing Wally. Now in the third, Gama at the plate again, and he rips another shot for extra bases all the way to the fence. Again, two more RBI for Gama, and another triple. Two of them in this game. BC up 10 nothing. Ian Huang on the mound for Wally. Two outs in the fourth, just six inning games. He gets the strikeout, and that's the ball game. Ten-run mercy rule in effect. Wally wins 11-0 to win yet another Canadian Little League championship. It's their sixth national title. They're on their way to the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, opening game next Friday against Panama. Exciting time for the kids. Long day at the PGA Championship in St. Louis where half the field, including Tiger Woods, had to complete their second round in the morning. Tiger played 29 holes today, started the third round, four under, just six back, and he got busy early. Stuffs one to four and a half feet on the second hole. Two holes, two birdies for Tiger, got to minus six. And then he was really dialed in with the irons today. Now wearing a blue shirt at the seventh, hits that inside seven feet for his fourth birdie on the front. It was hot and humid, so Tiger's been doing a lot of uh, costume changes during this tournament so far. At eight, short birdie putt on the par five, gets it to eight under, uh, but then he just kind of stalled out, finished with 10 straight pars despite having a 19-foot eagle putt on 17, had this left for birdie and missed it. So a three-jack par there, but he's in contention at eight under. U.S. Open champ Brooks Kepka obviously plays the majors well, and Kepka came out firing. First hole. I do love the way. This is nice to have your first putt of the day from a foot. Makes that for birdie. Got to nine under. One back of the lead held by Gary Woodland, and then at the fifth, delicate downhiller for birdie goes down. And Kepka's the leader at 11-under. On fire on the front side. Went through in 5-under, including this birdie at the ninth. Kepka at 13-under. Opened up a 5-shot lead at one point. 
But while Kepka had a bit of a wobble on the back, others got closer. John Rahm from 34 feet on the 16th, post 9 under, just two back of Kepka at that point. Ozzy Adam Scott in contention in a major for the first time in what has seemed like a while. Tee shot on 16. This is great. Two feet away for birdie, and he is at 10 under par. Ricky Fowler battling a rib injury all day. Eagle chip from the rough at 17. Just slides by, but made birdie gets him to minus nine. Still chasing that first major as Ricky, but uh, Kepka recovered from a couple of bogeys on the back. This is for Eagle on 17. It wasn't close, but a tap in birdie. 12 under, a two-shot lead on Adam Scott. Three up on Rahm and Fowler in Woodland, and Tiger just four back. Adam Hadwin of Abbotsford missed the cut at plus three, so no Canadians on the weekend. Shot of the day, how about this, by Matt Wallace. That's a hole-in-one, an ace. Jordan Spieth liked that one. Wallace is at five under, but uh, that's a shot he will never forget. Welcome back. The Whitecaps gutted out a big point on the road last week against New York City FC. They have another tall order in front of them tonight in Portland. The Timbers are second in the West. They're 7-0-3 on their home turf, and Portland's also unbeaten in their last 15 MLS matches. Ten wins, five draws in that span. The Whitecaps are in the midst of a busy schedule as well, having played Wednesday against Toronto in the Canadian Championship, leg two to come next Wednesday in Toronto. So we'll see who plays tonight for Vancouver and how much gas they have in the tank. Eight o'clock kickoff in Portland. Highlights at 11 tonight. First weekend of the EPL season, Newcastle hosting Tottenham. Spurs wearing their uh, greens today. Newcastle was down 1-0, but they equalize. As Jose Lu with the glancing header there ties it at one before the half, though. Serge Aurier with the cross and Deli Ali with the beautiful header here. 2 1. Spurs hold on for their win over Newcastle as they start the EPL season with a victory. Also, show you one more Huddersfield Town and Chelsea, 34th minute. Willian with the cross and Golo Conte converts on the bounce. 1-0 Chelsea, 79th minute, now 2-0. Pedro puts this one away for the Blues, even though they're wearing yellow. Chelsea off to a winning start, 3-0 over Huddersfield Town. And semifinals at the Rogers Cup in Toronto, and another of the next-gen players with a big breakthrough tournament, Stefanos Tsitsipov, Greece, who turns 20 tomorrow, taking on Wimbledon finalist Kevin Anderson of South Africa. Third set tiebreak. Cece Pa with the winner gave himself two match points. Did not convert them. Actually fought off a match point for Anderson, and then on his third try, converts when Anderson hits long. So Cece Pa advances to the final. The other semi is in a rain delay. They haven't started. Rafa Nadal against young Russian Karin Kachanov. Meanwhile, the women are in Toronto for semifinal, featuring world number one Simona Halep of Romania against Australian Ashley Barty. Halep in control throughout, shows her speed to chase down this drop shot and then check out the reflexes right there to knock in the winner. And Halep wins it in straight sets, 6-4, 6-1, as she moves on to the final. The other semi featured defending Rogers Cup champ, Alina Svitolina, against American Sloan Stevens. Stevens has run over her opponents this week. Great rally here in the second set. Stevens will put away the smash. 
She'd won the opening set 6-3, and then on match point, Stevens just too good. Rolls 6-3, 6-3. She's in that form that won her a U.S. Open last year, so it'll uh, be Halep and Stevens in the final, a rematch of the French Open final, which Halep won in three sets. And we'll show you some Major League Baseball today. Blue Jays and Rays from Rogers Center. Toronto down 2-0 in the fifth until Aledmus Diaz goes deep. He's having a nice season. That's his 15th home run. Cuts the Rays' lead to 2-1. But the Jays didn't create much, just five hits, and this doesn't help. Russell Martin caught stealing in the seventh. Rays win 3-1. Toronto has lost five of six. The Mariners are leading on the road in Houston right now, 3-2 in the eighth. Let's go back to our breaking news this evening. There has been a crash at the Abbotsford Airport. Our Tanya Beja is there live. Uh, Tanya, what details are you getting so far? Tanya, we're told that the accident happened just after 5.30 this evening, which is about one hour after the main show ended here at the Abbotsford Air Show. Uh, we're told that the plane is perhaps a vintage model. We're told it was from England and was here for the day. Uh, it took off and then immediately after takeoff, witnesses say it either caught a gust of wind or stalled and then crashed. We're told three people were taken to hospital by ground ambulance, two taken by air ambulance. No word yet on the extent of their injuries. Here's more now from one of the witnesses. Well, yeah, it just took off. He just got airborne, and he caught a gust of wind because it's gusting from that direction, and he caught his wing, and it just uh, spun him into the ground. It wasn't, there wasn't any fire or, or anything like that, and a couple of air ambulance uh, helicopters came and picked the, some of the uh, injured people out, and they're gone now. We will continue speaking with witnesses and have more for you tonight on NewsHour Final. Sonia, back to you. All right. We uh, look forward to more details about what's happened there. Tanya, thanks very much for that. Um, that brings us nearly towards the end of our show tonight. But uh, let's go now to uh, Yvonne for a second, if we can. I think we can. Uh, she's at the Blues Festival that is going on in Burnaby right now. Yvonne? Yes, we're just at Deer Lake. It is beautiful. The crowds are out this evening. And the... Um, Rural Alberta Advantage has just taken the stage. Uh, the final, uh, the headliner this evening at 8.30 will be Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweat. So that's coming up very shortly. Uh, right now we are seeing some cloud cover. Slight chance that we could see a sprinkle or two this evening. And we're still hanging on to the potential or the risk of a thunderstorm. It'll be a cool day for tomorrow with our final look at the five-day forecast. A chance of showers will be for the morning hours, and then it'll clear, especially for the afternoon, but it'll be a late clearing for most areas into the interior. Monday onwards, we're back into some sunshine, and it is going to heat up once again, especially for interior sections. As we look ahead towards Wednesday, Thursday, we'll be back into the low 30s. But beautiful evening here down at Deer Lake, um, and things are really uh, very nice and pleasant so far, so let's hope that the rain does uh, let up. Guys? And how long is that going to go on for, that music festival there? Until 10 p.m. this evening. So if you're in the area and you're wondering what you're hearing, uh, this is the stage that's taking place here at Deer Lake. It's hard to hear, but it's great so far. <laughs> yeah, well, it's look, it looks fantastic. You're in the right place for sure. Thank you very much for that, Yvonne. Although when you're singing the blues, you kind of want some clouds. You don't, you don't want right. it to be rosy and sunny, right? You want to kind of, you know, want, want something like, to overcome. Like, you a, know. like a dark bar. A little bit. That kind know. of thing. Yeah, hope you uh, <laughs> hope you find a time uh, to, to get a drink and enjoy the rest of the evening, even without. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll be back tonight at 11.